Welcome to the Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is put together by the Boise Nampt Institute of Religion. Our hope here is to help young adults find relevant principles as they study this week's Come Follow Me scripture block. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It's not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions and perspectives, as we have learned to come follow him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Come, let's follow him. Welcome back. Um, It's good to be uh, here with you today. Um, I'm excited to have with us a special friend of mine, uh, Brother John Gagnon. Uh, He and I have known each other for, I don't know, some years now, um, many years. And uh, uh, if there is a Christ-like teacher on earth, it is Brother Gagnon. Uh, We're just blessed to to have him and know him and uh, his depth and breadth of knowledge. Uh, is impressive. So, Brother Gagnon, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the introduction. That's, yeah. uh, I, I'll have to do a lot to live up to that. But anyway, thank you <laughs> oh, so you much. Just be you. Well, uh, just give us a little bit of you, a little bit of uh, a background on you, and, and uh, introduce yourself a little bit to us. Yeah, I've uh, been teaching. It's my 31st year coming up, so I've been teaching for about 30 years, and both seminary and institute, most recently an institute. Yeah. This last year I've been the coordinator over students with adaptive needs and all of different seminary classes throughout the region kind of work with those teachers that have students with adaptive needs. Sure. And I've been teaching in, in seminary. We started four or five years ago teaching students with adaptive needs as well, and that's just been been the highlight of my career. Yeah. I have really enjoyed that and enjoyed connecting with these students and learning about how to teach them, and it's been great. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and you're so good at it. Uh, just a, a blessing to uh, to see you teach and, and work with those that uh, come with those needs, but uh, come with so much to offer on a, really on a different do. level than most of us. So they really do. Grateful for your example. I'm I'm excited to to jump in today. We're uh, we're going to be in the Book of Jeremiah, finally out of Isaiah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and as good as Isaiah is, there's just some wonderful things I love about. Uh, Jeremiah. So why don't you give us, uh, I don't know, some background, just what what do we know about Jeremiah, just some context maybe to get us into this book? You bet. Well, you know, oftentimes the scriptures will, will give you the details about a prophet. Sure. And so if you look at chapter one, so if you're following us in this broadcast, you might look at chapter one, and let's just look at the first verse, uh, first couple of verses kind of tells you a, a lot about him. Yeah. It says there the word Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth. Anathoth's a little bit, a little town that's just outside of Jerusalem. It takes you about an hour to walk there, okay. northeast of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, but notice it says priests there, and it's believed that he was probably from a family of some pretty reputable priests in sure. the area. And so he had some training, some sure. background, and certainly was a, familiar with the voice of the Lord. Would, would that mm-hmm. have meant he was of the tribe of Aaron? as well as a priest we, we weren't outside of that uh, you know, bound at this point not exactly sure yeah, okay. it just says there it says in the land of benjamin and uh, benjamin is a tribe that was given the area of jerusalem sure. originally so uh, aaron when we say priest we sometimes associate those them with aaron but um, but i'm not sure because of the the mention of benjamin there yeah. if he was actually from the tribe of sure. aaron or okay. not cool yeah cool cool 
So all of that, and then you look down, and it kind of gives you the idea in verse 2 of when he, you know, the word of the Lord came in the day of days of Josiah. So his, his ministry is occurring during the time of Josiah and his son Jehoiakim mentioned in verse 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives you a little bit, you know, what he's, and then also verse 3 it mentions the year, you know, the 11th year, the reign of Zedekiah. And it is kind of interesting because you got Lehi, you remember Lehi back in yeah. uh, First Nephi chapter 1, it says that in the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, yeah. and here you have the 11th year of the reign of Zedekiah, yeah, so, so they're contemporaries. Yeah, so we're tying finally to, to the Book of Mormon times mm-hmm. and Lehi's uh, leaving. And, and one of the things that touches me about Jeremiah is, you know, Lehi and Nephi in, in the Book of Mormon, they touch on uh, the wickedness of the people around them, but mm-hmm. Jeremiah delves into it and mm-hmm. and that's really much of his story is uh, and what we read in in the book of jeremiah is him lamenting for his people and mm-hmm. and how they've been acting and and whatnot so yeah i love that we're we're finally contemporaries with um with lehi and uh yeah it's good i love it and i don't know we don't really know if they knew each other they sure. were contemporaries and they were prophets and yep. they were both uh, in danger right. of people around them they wanted to kill jeremiah they also wanted to kill lehi right and so they had similar kinds of experiences with the people of Jerusalem. Yeah. But whether they actually knew each other, they figured the city, the size of the city was probably between thirty and 40,000 people sure. at the time. So like Meridian before it exploded. Yeah, right. You yeah. Know, way back a long time yeah. ago. So about that size. So it's possible they, they may have known each other. Well, and you, you break that down into righteous church members, and mm-hmm. maybe it becomes even more pop- yeah, possible, yeah, yeah. Right? Right, right? And And maybe even church leaders of the church members, right, and, right. and being who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Again, we don't know that they would have known each other, but but it seems likely that they may have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and you know we read in the Book of Mormon that that uh, Lehi talks about the prophets being persecuted, and and so maybe maybe he he knew exactly what was going on with Jeremiah and his right. his experience. Zephaniah, I think, is another mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. contemporary. Elijah is another contemporary. So there were multiple leaders uh, kind of at the same time that were working together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thank mm-hmm. you. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. Is there uh, is there something about the Savior we can we can point to early on in the in the book of Jeremiah? You know, you see it over and over again, and and we have heard so much right from President Nelson about hear him. Yeah. And so if you look at the first phrases of some of these verses through chapter one. Verse 2, to whom the word of the Lord came. Mm. Verse 3, it came also. 4, then the word of the Lord came unto me. Mm. 7, but the Lord said unto me. Mm. Verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And verse 11, moreover the word of the Lord came unto me. Mm. So you see this repeated over and over and over again. And when I see that, and perhaps you feel the same way, uh, Matt, is, is the idea that, um, you know, even though we're not prophets per se, the Lord is anxious to to reveal things to us about our mission and yeah. about our lives. Uh, it's not just reserved for prophets. No, mm-hmm. no, and 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 I think it, it, there's a there's a tendency, I think, amongst the members of the church, especially, uh, to see the massive experiences that prophets had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the road to Emmaus and the and the, uh, Alma's the Alma the Younger's and, experience yeah, and. Yeah. You know, we, we see those and we think, oh, that's how the Lord speaks and Moses speaking to the burning bush and face to face with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's always the case. And, and I don't know that that's what they intend either. And the word of the Lord came to him 
well, the word of the Lord comes to me too, and in, in mm-hmm. through the Spirit, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and am I willing to write it down and say it's Scripture? I think is maybe the hmm. the the challenge. If if I am taught something by the Spirit, do I question it? And maybe that's mm-hmm. a difference between me and Jeremiah. As he says, mm-hmm. the word of the Lord taught me this, and I, I then lived by it. Right? And I lived by it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's important. I think. Well, Elder Benor too. Uh, just you, you reminded me of, of something that he once said. Uh, he 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 said this same idea that you said. Uh, is sometimes we think it needs to be a grand and a glorious experience, right? When most of the time it happens on a day to day basis, yeah. and that we should trust. That the Lord is with us. As long as we're keeping the commandments and doing our part, the Lord will be with us. And so there will right. be a constant flow, or can. We can have a constant flow of revelation versus just being an experience here or there. Or Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that constant. I love that. that uh, he, Elder Bednar taught us that as Seminary Institute teachers in a face-to-face mm-hmm. we, experience mm-hmm. we had with him. Where he said, if we trust that uh, what we covenant to and what the Lord covenants to in our sacrament meeting, that we can always have His Spirit to be with us, mm-hmm. that we don't ever have to ramp ourselves up to receive revelation, right? We're yeah. always receiving revelation. It's mm-hmm. always there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can get weird with that, like, which can of beans should I buy at sure, the grocery store, sure. right? But but uh, that, that idea that the Word of the Lord is coming to me all the time mm-hmm. because I'm living worthy of it, and I have partaken the sacrament, and I've made those covenants, and the Lord mm-hmm. has made those covenants on the other side, too. Yeah. yeah, very cool. I love that you've pointed that out there. Another thing that's really, uh, if you look down uh, at verse 5, yeah. this is a common one we've heard often, but there's some great truths in there. And notice, the I see a pattern here yeah. in how the Lord, when He communicates with us, one of the first things He wants us to know is who we are, mm. who we really are. Yeah. And so you notice in verse 5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Mm. And you think recently, you know, President Nelson spoke to the young adults, and you remember the broadcast, and yeah. he said, the Lord were here, the thing he would want you to know is he would want you to know who you are, yeah. and that you are important, that you're a, literally a spirit child of God. Mm. Um, he, he says, if any, if you remember, he talked about, if any label replaces who you really are, the results can be spiritually suffocating, yeah. worldly identifiers have no power to lead us to the celestial kingdom of God. They never affirm our divine DNA. So it's just interesting, the pattern here, not just for for Jeremiah, but for Joseph Smith, for Enoch, for Adam, and and that perhaps could go for each one of us, that if if he were to communicate with us, that would be one of the first things the Lord would want us to know, is that we are connected with him, that we are a child of God. Yeah, I love that. And and I also love that not only are we his children, but he had a plan for us in the beginning, right? We keep reading that verse, and um, he says, I knew thee, and I and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet of the nations. Reminds me of uh, uh, in the book of Alma, uh, chapter 13, it says, uh, verse 1, it says, Again, my brethren, I would cite your minds forward to the time when the Lord God gave these commandments unto his children. That would have been in the pre-existence, mm-hmm, probably. Probably, yeah. Right? And I would that you should remember that the Lord God ordained priest after his holy order, which was after the order of his son, to teach these things unto his people. And those priests were ordained after the order of the son, being the Savior, 
in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. So he he ordained these priests so that they could be the ones to teach about the Savior, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it goes on in three, and this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God. So in the pre-existence, um, those that have uh, been given these assignments were foreordained then. Mm -hmm. uh, we learn in Abraham about his foreordination, mm -hmm. right? Many uh, There are mm -hmm. many of the noble and great ones that were standing that were there. in the Grand Council. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Elder Webb, Alan Webb of the 70, uh, was in a training in my stake. And he said, I wrote it down here, he said, mm -hmm. um, all who hold priesthood in this life, especially priesthood leaders, were called and prepared thousands of years ago. Uh, right? It, it changes, to me, it changes the, the experience as a member of the church. I, I, I think it would also hold true for the sisters in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being raised as members of the church, that, that, that forward a nation to come and, and be part of the church and, and have function under priesthood keys and you know those those four ordinations I'm sure would have come there too. Anyway, I love that. I love that. Not yeah. only am I a child of God, but He not mm -hmm. only and He not only knew me, but He had faith in me right. to come right. down and to do what I'm doing. And, and boy, that just gives power, right? When you know that you are on a foreordained mission, I mean that just connects you to God right from the get go. Yeah. And and, and it's just interesting. That's the first thing. One of the first things that He learns is that he's a child of God, and the Lord has known about him and been preparing him for his mission for a long time. Yeah. But the same is true for us. I like uh, Joseph Smith, you know, the quote, I think we often, many, many know this quote, but it says that every man who has a calling to minister to the inhabitants of the world was ordained to that very purpose in the Grand Council of Heaven before this world was. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, I suppose that I was ordained to this. So it's kind of <laughs> Do you a think? way of saying that, but you think so? Uh, that I was ordained to this very office and in that grand council. Now, do you think that it's a stretch, Matt, to say that each one of us has been no. ordained to participate in some way in, no. in this great work? No, and I think, I think not only that, but those that uh, come to earth without it mm -hmm. were foreordained to not have it for some period of time in their life. It was something that was part of their assignment to come down mm -hmm. um, it, for for various and sundry reasons, maybe. Um, whether it was just based on where they were living or the time they came to earth or it, not as a punishment on any level ever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but just as a consequence of living in a fallen world and in various places around the earth. You know, it comes as a part of the experience. And, and for you and I mm -hmm. to have been blessed to come with it, man, there's some, maybe some responsibilities that come with that. Yeah, like gathering Israel yeah. on both sides right. of the yeah. the most important thing right. we're supposed exactly. to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I think one of the things that I love about the book of Jeremiah is how much their detail there is about him mm -hmm. um, and helping uh, the Lord helping him understand who he is, reminding him who he is, mm -hmm. and uh, giving him a eternal perspective with that, mm -hmm. uh, kind of as a central piece. The Lord really puts that in in front of him. Right, and you know, and, and part of that, part of the things that he's putting in front of them is uh, to not fear. Yeah. Know, we've heard that from prophets too. Don't be, don't be afraid. Uh, I know you feel inadequate. In fact, if you look at verse uh, verse 7 mm -hmm. uh, or verse 6, he says, 
Uh, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. Yeah. And uh, he's going to have to remind him right away, because this seems like an overwhelming task right, yeah. for Jeremiah. He's yeah. got a group of people around him that just really are, are, are off track. And not only that, but they're wanting to kill righteous men like mm -hmm. Lehi and himself. And, and so he's going to need some encouragement to, to, to stay the course. Yeah. Even though he's going to see some things that are, or he expects some things that are going to be very deadly. And in his case, he will lose his life. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yes, that's kind of a little bit of a spoiler, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, is it the tradition that he was sawn in half? I think so. The, yeah, in, in Egypt, I think it was when they took him down there and imprisoned him. I think. Yeah, the, yeah I think that's what uh, tradition says. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So you know, the, the Lord knows him and loves him, and and he says, he says, "I am a child." And then in verse seven, he says, "Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt mm. go to all that I send thee." And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. In other words, you're not going to sound like a child. <laughs> right. You might feel like one, but you're right. not going to sound like one. And, and you don't need to be afraid, verse 8 says, because mm -hmm. um, he's going to be with you. He puts his that. hand on his mouth. I mean, that's a whole, you know, I don't think that's literal, but yeah. I think it just means that it perhaps gave him some confidence. Yep. Place something in his heart so that he could just get beyond that fear right. and just speak the word of the Lord. Well, it reminds me of Isaiah's experience, right? Oh, Isaiah feeling true. the exact same way. Oh. Who, who am I? And then, and then what? It's the <laughs> the call on the altar. Yeah, the call on the altar, right? I just it's a very similar kind of feeling. It makes you wonder if modern day prophets, when they're called to such a to receive mm -hmm. such a mantle, if they just feel the same way. I can't speak. Right. I mean, I'm I'm learned and I've I've taught myself some things. You know, they've mm -hmm. got to know that they're. They're pretty confident in their understanding of the scriptures, mm -hmm. but when you're now the voice piece, the uh, mouthpiece of the Lord, that's a different. <laughs> you that's go speak for me lot. now, and now. That's tough. In fact, one, if we could just mention one, if we have time to, yeah, go ahead. Mention one example is President Hunter mm -hmm. and his first talk. I went back and looked at that because I, I started to remember that President Kimball felt this way. President Hunter felt this yeah. way. They probably have all felt this yeah. way. But I like what he said, and I'll just quote this just briefly here. He said, and this was in his first talk, I have shed many tears and have sought my Father in heaven in earnest prayer in the desire to be equal to this high and holy mm -hmm. calling. Mm -hmm. I've prayed to be worthy to bear the assignment which 13 other men in this dispensation have borne. Mm -hmm. Perhaps only they, watching from the other side of the veil, can fully understand the weight of responsibility and the deep dependence on the Lord that I feel in accepting this sacred call. Wow. And then, and then he adds this, which I, I love, and this is where, in Jeremiah, it, it probably, no doubt he felt the same way. Sure. My greatest strength through these past months has been my abiding testimony that this is the work of God mm. and not of man. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And speaks directly to our question before, do, do, do they feel the same weight? For sure. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. It makes me wonder... Um, when should I feel that weight? When should I mm. be cognizant of speaking for the Lord in, in some ways? And, you know, the, it, does it come with a Sunday school assignment to teach Sunday mm. school? Should it come with a, 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 a child, a young child, that I, my child, right, that, mm. I, that I need to teach? I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, we really ought to be feeling like I'm, I've been given a stewardship to teach the gospel and, mm -hmm. and maybe it doesn't feel as heavy as the prophet might feel it, but, but we ought to feel it on some levels, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. 
you kind yeah. of like that. I love the in verse nine, uh, right after he touches his mouth, he says, "Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth, mm -hmm. my words in thy mouth." Mm -hmm. And then in ten, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, pull down, and destroy, throw down to build and to plant. And uh, and then we get just this really cool um, prophecy. It's a little confusing, maybe, he uh, 11 through maybe 14, um, and feel free to add in here, but but he sees this rod of an almond tree. The Lord says, what do you see? He gives him a little vision, says, what do you see? He says, I see the rod of an almond tree, and uh, that's in 11 and 12. Uh, he says, that has seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it, and and if we if we do a little bit of research and understand an almond tree, mm -hmm. an almond tree is the first one in the year to give its blossom, mm -hmm. and so it's it's the Lord saying how quickly He's going to do this. It's going to be now, and it'll be fast, and uh, and so I think uh, it, we if we uh, if we skip look at verse twelve, then for I will hasten my word. This the rapidity of an almond tree blossoming is similar to um, this. Uh, the way that he's going to bring forth his word here. And then he gets into a, uh, a seething pot in verse 13. He sees a seething pot and uh, the face is towards the north. And then 14, out of the north and evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. And, and if our brains are in the, in the Book of Mormon, we know what's going to happen. We know, we, we know Babylon's yeah. going to come from the north and, and take yeah. over. And, uh, and uh, Zedekiah had been put in as a king by mm -hmm. a Babylonian king mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, was doing okay for a while, according to this Babylonian right. king, but then uh, decided to uh, go against him in some ways and, and upset him. And so that's when the Babylonian captivity really comes down 11 or 12 years after Lehi leaves Jerusalem. And that's what Jeremiah's prophesying about in this right. chapter. Right, right. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. It is. And in his day, I think that he got a little persecution over that. You know, yeah, for that, sure. Uh, you know, that this was going to happen, and yet he knew clearly it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, just as Isaiah had prophesied many prophets before him and currently with along with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I love this. I love this. Um, so, in uh, as we move forward... Um, is there anything? Is there anything at the end of this chapter that you'd point us to, Chapter One? Anything there? No, I think uh, I just wanted to touch on those points that yeah. we, we've talked about already. Yeah, and, I would just point you know. to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, um, and maybe this is true for missionaries. Those going out and serving this. This is he's received his call now to go out and be the prophet. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at the, their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city, and an iron pillar and a brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of all of all the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. You know, it's interesting as I as I think about a young man going out, a young woman going out and serving a mission, or even an elderly couple going out and serving a mission. That kind of confidence to know that mm -hmm. the Lord's going with them um, is interesting. And and with hindsight, we know that that power 
comes to be successful as a missionary. Mm-hmm. What what the Lord's intending here is, I will be with you to speak against them when they speak against you, mm-hmm. and I will be with you to speak powerfully. I have set my mouth in or my words in thy mouth, mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. But we know with Jeremiah's experience, it didn't necessarily mean he wasn't going to die at the hands of his oppressors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important for us to remember that that I, uh, you know, all things may not be glorious because I have the Lord with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be the way the Lord wants me to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, sawn in half, hopefully yeah, not. Hopefully but not. Yeah. but uh, that, that he allows that to be the way that Jeremiah is taken mm-hmm. does not mean that the Lord wasn't with him in, in his calling and in the assignments he was given. Right. I think, and this is the second time you just pointed out in that verse sure. 17 about being dismayed at their faces. I mean, he mentions that over, don't be afraid of their faces in verse 8. And, and you know, this idea of fear, right? Yeah. And we've got Elder Holland, this recent conference, he spoke about facing fear in our ministry today. Yeah. And let me just, if I could just yeah, quote something ahead. there. It says, this generation of young people has the capacity to have more impact for good on the world than any previous generation. Elder Holland said, we of all people should be singing the song of redeeming love, but that takes discipline, Mm. discipleship, if you will, the kind that guards against negative attitudes and destructive habits that would pull us off key Mm. as we try to sing that song of eternal salvation. So please, Mm. please, he says, stay for the whole feast, even if you're not sure about the broccoli. (laughs) Bask in his light and lend your candle to the cause. Yeah, it's so easy in our world, you know. But there's, with the you listen to the news, you see what's happening in our culture politically, uh, medically, with mm. the virus. There's so many things that could just descend upon you and derail. Yeah, or us, even as adults or youth, or sure. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but the but the message from the prophets is fear not, that we need to be that with the candle in the dark. Yeah, and that as the world gets darker, the light of Christ gets brighter. Yeah. So lots of lots of encouragement there, and I think that kind of falls under that category. Oh, for sure. Don't be dismayed with their faces or yeah. the culture of the day, yeah. the news on the radio, whatever it is. Don't yeah. be afraid of that. Go forth and, and gather Israel. Yeah, you know, it, it's something that um, as a younger man I felt a lot, a lot of concern about what was coming in my life and the decisions I was making and the, and the events of my day. Um, making me feel uncertain about bringing children into the world and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all of those things. Um, and I think that's true today. You know, the, the young people of today are dealing with more, much more than I was dealing with Absolutely. even then. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I am, I am just so grateful for this counsel to know that the Lord's with you mm-hmm. and, uh, that He, in your darkest days, um, is the brightest light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Elder Holland in that talk, he goes on and talks about suicide and, mm-hmm. and talks about how, and it's very direct. It just says, don't commit suicide. Don't go there. Don't do that. And then talks about how we need every light mm-hmm. and speaks of each of us as a, as a light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I sustain those words. I, I feel strongly that, uh, uh when you feel alone, mm-hmm. um, in fact, other uh, brother Knight, uh, Neil Knight, uh, I think in a couple of podcasts ago, um, was talking about a friend of his who uh, had felt like going through some trials in his life that he had looked back in the sand and only seen one set of footprints and mm-hmm. and said, no, I don't believe that principle. I think I was by myself. I think I was going mm-hmm. through it alone. And 
some years later can now look back with hindsight and say, yeah, no, I was being carried. Um, mm -hmm. And in the moment, in the moment of our distress, uh, we don't even see ourselves as a light. We don't see ourselves as contributing, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but man, you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that answer is not the answer to uh, to learn and grow and to help those around you and to develop. And uh, it's a it's a sad reality of our day mm -hmm. that it's becoming more uh, of a of a prevalent thing. But um, but I think this counsel is is the it's answer. It's applicable right? for us too yeah. as well. Don't yeah. be dismayed. Trust the Lord. He's with you. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jeremiah preaches for like 40 years. He's he's around for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, point us to something else. Where else would you take us that, yeah, I, that I might be relevant I'm, to us? Yeah. I, there's there's so, many, so many things. And, and you just fall in love. The more you study a prophet, the more you fall in love with, with their teachings. Uh, you feel connected with them, just like you would with a modern prophet, with yeah. President Nelson. Yeah. One of those things that I saw that connects the two for me was in Chapter 5. Okay. And so we might go to chapter five. Yeah, let's do that. And I saw an interesting. Some of the scriptures, they'll they'll place something as a contrast or a comparison. And so I want to compare for a moment and see if you follow follow this. Uh, this is chapter five. We're going to look at verses uh, one, two, and kind of work right through there. One, two, three. Okay. And, uh, so um, the principle here. Let me just state this right off the beginning: is Jeremiah develops the idea of individual fellowship with the Lord. Mm. In those days, it was like, well, I'm a, I'm a member of the faith. I'm of I'm, I'm of Judah or I'm sure. of Israel, so I'm good enough. Yeah. And Jeremiah is saying that doesn't work. Yeah. That, you're going to fall out. You're, you're detaching from the source, mm. and so he's encouraging and inviting them to be personally connected, personal religiosity. Yeah. Not just this nation national religiosity. Sure. Because sure. that's not going to lead them anywhere in a positive yeah. way. Well, and that's it's similar to us today, right? Mm -hmm. that, that we, as members of the church, feel a yeah. feel a sense of of unity, feel a sense of um, maybe community, and feel like that community, because I'm a part of that community, that it will all get gathered in, regardless of what I do. Right. right <laughs> and I don't right. know that that's how the Lord looks at it. No, I don't think yeah. He does. And so, if you look at verse one, it, it's interesting how tough the Lord says it is to find anyone. Who has a personal connection with the Lord, oh, with wow. true fellowship? Look yeah. at verse one. It says, "With the okay, wrong page here." Yeah. So, five one says, uh, "You know, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, see and know, and seek in the broad places there. If you can find a man, if there be any that execute a judgment, that seeketh the truth, and will pardon it." Huh. So he's basically saying, "You can look all over the place, run as far as you want yeah. to, and you're, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody that has that personal connection." And he says, "And I will pardon it. You go yeah, find that guy. I will forgive him. But I'm having a hard time <laughs> finding him." <laughs> and, and then verse two, um, notice what it says: "People who have known the ways of the Lord, hmm. um, they're kind of going through the motions. They say the Lord liveth." Hmm. The Lord says they swear falsely. Yeah. So there's that idea again of public display of, you know, just like the Jews in Jesus' day, right? Yeah. They were like, oh, all this good stuff we're doing, we're showing off, and but it's, they're really not connected with the Lord. So what's the answer? What's the answer? I mean, I think there's such a tendency to be afraid of, of that kind of behavior in our life, right? To say, mm -hmm. um, you know, I go to church, I read my scriptures, I say my prayers. How do I not just say? He's there, and I'm. I'm in, and you know. Mm -hmm. What What is the What is the answer to be fully in? 
and fully invested to a point where even the Lord would say, yeah, that guy, he's in. You know, I know mm -hmm. he's in. What, what would you say? How, what counsel would you give to go and be fully in? Well, uh, and, and this is the connection I was going to make earlier with President Nelson. Um, you remember the five things that he said is talking yeah. about spiritual momentum. Yep. And, and this is where I see a comparison between what President Nelson said and this could be a perfect applicable counsel oh, for yeah. people in Jeremiah's day. So number one, ancient Israelites refused to repent. You remember that President Nelson said, find joy in repentance. Yeah. Daily, Daily repentance. joyful repentance, right. And yet they uh, were unwilling to repent. Huh. President Nelson invited us to experience the joy, well, uh, like I said, the, the joy, that's how it's worded, yeah. the joy of daily repentance. Uh, the second thing, ancient Israelites refused to receive correction, huh. refusing, if you will, to remove or end conflict in their personal lives. Huh. President Nelson invited us to end it. Huh. Ancient Israelites broke their covenants in these verses here in chapter 5, and I don't have them right off. Uh, anyway, where it says that they broke their covenants, or sure. right there in verse... Um, uh, verse 5 says, altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. He's really mm -hmm. talking about breaking their covenants. Sure. And what, is, what does the uh, President Nelson say about that? Stay on the covenant he path. He says, stay, get and stay on the covenant path. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is that we're, President Nelson said about knowing, coming to know and understand the Lord and his works. Mm. Well, you remember the ancient Israelites here, I, 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 Jeremiah is pointing it out, they pretended mm. to know the Lord. So, again, a good counsel for them. Come to really know the Lord. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, a, I saw a pickup truck here on in Reno uh, just this last weekend. Uh, there were some landscapers in there, and it was stuck in a ditch. Hmm. And they were spinning. It was just spinning. saw so all this dirt and this clouds going all over the place, and it wasn't moving. There oh. was no spiritual momentum. <laughs> they were going through the motions, just yeah. doing it. If I push the gas pedal, yeah, my tires will spin, and right. I, well, I will get safe. Yeah, that's kind of what they were doing in Jeremiah's day, right? And mm. and, and and we, of course, we, we we can't just say that we can't just make them look like right. they're in trouble because we have we have that same issue in our day. We've got to be careful that we're not just going through the motions. Well, and look at verse three. Mm -hmm. um, o Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them but they have not grieved, right? Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore, I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. I, I, I don't know why, and, and maybe this is tangential, and I'll cut it all out of the podcast, who knows? But I just keep thinking of, First Nephi 3.7, and man, I think of all the verses that get overused, it's probably this one, mm. that I will go and do, right? I was taught by a member of my state presidency this concept. Mm. In the first line, that first line, I will go and do, there are two things that happen. One is going, and one is doing. Mm. And I think of sitting in a church meeting that I've gone to. I've done the first one. Right. But am I doing anything mm. in the church meeting? Am mm -hmm. I just sitting, waiting for the hour to be up? Mm. Am I an engaged thinker even? Am I learning? Right. Am I participating? Am I, am I there to do what I came to do? I went, I go, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also have to do. And I think that is a significant thing mm -hmm. that um, if I go to an activity, uh, I've gone. 
Mm-hmm. But if I do the activity, what's like, and I just fully in, in, in dive in, if I go to a fireside, if I'm listening mm-hmm. and I'm applying, then the mm-hmm. Lord can see my face not like a rock, right? It, mm-hmm. it softens me. It makes me think about my own personal situation. And, and I learn and I grow and I become more than, I'm, than, I'm, than I currently am. And uh, I, I think that's really it. I think that's kind of the... The gist of it, and that's what I, uh, Jeremiah is teaching these people. You, you are not doing yeah. the gospel; you're just going to the gospel. And with it, you're not becoming. And then, of exactly. course, Elder Oaks taught us that important principle right. about the importance of it's really about becoming like yeah. the Father, not just about being a missionary. But it's yeah, and, and it's know. more than just it's more than just a choice to not do. Um, and I think in this chapter, he gives us a couple of places, a couple of instances where he's teaching us that. If I look at verse 23, this people hath revolting, hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. And skip down into 25, your iniquities have turned away these things, right? The blessings that you could have had, your iniquities have caused you to not have them. That your iniquities have caused your heart to become hardened, your face to be like a rock. Um, your sins have withheld good things from you, according mm-hmm. to that verse, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as they that setteth snares. They set a trap, they catch men. Are we that? Do we? I don't, I don't think we're all wicked, but, but do I look so heavily at the people around me that I'm constantly finding fault in what they're doing, even though their intentions are awesome? I see it done in a way that isn't perfect, and so I, and so I jump on them, and I and I make corrections, and I, I think there's a difference between identifying that the behavior is maybe not exactly this the Christ-like behavior, mm-hmm. and saying, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. I would, I I understand enough to do it this way, mm-hmm. and yet not hammer that guy, right? Yeah, not not yeah, say yeah. what a horrible person that guy is. Sure. Because my bishop said some crazy thing in his desire to counsel me. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. taken time out of his life to counsel me as a right. priesthood holder. And I'm upset at the counsel he gave me because it was done in a in a less than effective way for me. Like no. That's your expectation. Right. My yeah. expectation. Well, yeah. If I can weed through the method of the counsel mm-hmm. given to me and yeah. I can look at the message of the counsel given to me, mm-hmm. maybe then I, I see my bishop in a different light and I can say, oh, how fantastic was that counsel? At the same time, yeah. I don't think it's wrong to be able to identify the method that was delivered in was kind of bad, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, but so. because that helps us grow and sure. become become more Christ-like. But yeah. but man, that, that we we turn ourselves away from good things because of our iniquities and the way that we we see each other and, and lay snares for each other. Yeah. Well, it's and and also you know to tie back into President Nelson, you know, see and expect miracles, seek and expect miracles. Well, if we're on the covenant path and doing our part. We're finding joy and repentance. We're seeking to know the Lord. Yeah. And it's interesting, the order, the next thing that happens, I mean, we can see and expect miracles because we're doing those things. Jeremiah, as you pointed out, your iniquities have turned you away from what? Look in the previous verse, the rain giveth rain both the former and the latter. Right. In the season. Yeah. You've, you're not, you're not even expecting or, or appreciating <laughs> right. miracles that God has right. given because your iniquities have turned you away from seeing the hand of the Lord, yeah. from seeing miracles in your life. Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think there's just so much power in, in uh, ponderizing 
uh, mm. you know that remember that old Kleppencat uh, yeah, or somebody yeah, said yeah. that yeah um, ponderizing I, I just think th sitting and thinking okay these people are doing this how's that like me mm. how's that like my day how's that like my generation maybe um, I think one generation is very different than the next, um, dealing with very different things. And and uh, I think sometimes we aren't even willing to listen to the other generations, up and down, um, mm -hmm. about the trials that they're going through because we see it like our generation sees it. And and uh, I think it's important that we we start broadening our perspective a little bit and, mm -hmm. and understand how the Lord sees uh, our trials and our trials for other people in the same time. Right, a, a cell phone trial for a for a forty to fifty to sixty year old is very different than a ten to twenty year old. Oh yeah. Right, and 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 so for those of us that are a little farther along in the generations, um, to say, well, just put the thing away, and you don't have to. Well, that that doesn't work for a you know for you and I. We can put that thing away, and right. and it doesn't right. affect my social life, and it doesn't affect my. Mm -hmm ability to communicate really because I can make a phone call and I'll come walking down the hall and talk to you and but uh, to a young person that's those are some weird things to do go talk to someone and yeah. and uh, make a phone call and th that's their communication and maybe we just need to be a little slower at how we look at each other and and judge the cer same circumstance even well and and you know that goes right back to the principle of becoming right as we if you just if it's religion is just on the surface these kinds of issues that you mentioned, the cell phone issue or whatever else it might be, right. that becomes agitating to yeah. us. But as we become more like the Savior, then we incorporate and we're able to see people, we're able to be less judgmental, more encouraging, more uplifting in our conversation yeah. and our interaction with them as we become. Yeah. And so that's what Jeremiah is saying, you've got to do this. Yeah. Got, otherwise, you're, you're, you're going to miss out and you're just going to continue to have conflict in your life. Not only you got Assyria or you got Babylonia coming yeah. to take you out, but you've got problems within the, within your own families, within your own uh, commu you know with communities. Yeah. Um, so you've got to, got to have a savior. Well, that's good, I, and I love I love Jeremiah. I'm going to back up a little bit into yeah. chapter mm -hmm. three. Um, there's just some really great things all the way through here, and and we kind of bounce around on this mm -hmm. podcast around, mm -hmm. and I love that. <laughs> that's okay. But uh, some good counsel given to us in verse twelve of chapter three. Um, Go and proclaim these words. This is speaking to Jeremiah toward the north, and say, "Here it is: Return, thou backsliding Israel." saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. And I'm going into verse 13, and acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast, and I might, if I was Elder or President Nelson reading this, I might say, and daily acknowledge thine yeah. iniquity. And find joy in it. Yeah, then be happy about it, that thou hast yeah. transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Own it! Is really what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Just just wake up tomorrow and say, "Yep, I did this. I did that. I'm a train wreck in my life because of the fall, and it's not my fault. And this was all part of the plan. Um, you know, I, I I've done. I have made choices that definitely are my fault. But this was the plan mm -hmm. for us to come down here and fail miserably at things. And uh, I can joyfully look to the Savior then and say, "But because of Him, mm -hmm. I can have." peace and I can have a, a companion. In fact, in the next verse. Yeah, next verse is yeah, good. Turn, yeah. O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. Mm. Man, <laughs> you think about the counsel given to us as we get married that you are to become one 
with mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. unified together and and uh, that council that uh, Jeremiah cleaving, yeah right cleaving yeah. into our partner that's, that's yeah. right that, that council Jeremiah was given to not call himself a child mm-hmm. interesting in this in this verse the Lord says turn O backsiding children um, but I'm married to you right he's saying you're acting like children mm-hmm. but you are a mature enough being spiritually mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me to equate myself as a spouse to you and to help lift you and to help you um, become and to develop and mm-hmm. cleave to you and you know all those uh, the imagery that comes with marriage that the savior as the um, as the bridegroom mm-hmm. um, you know depicts I, I just think it's really beautiful that he's there and joyfully, I can every day wake up and own what I did. Right. And as hard as sometimes that is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's harder the first time. You know, that, that first that first go around when there's been some t- distance between oh, me and the last yeah. time. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, uh, that there may be more to, to work through, and maybe I need a bishop or a right. priesthood leader to help me through it. And that, that maybe is a little more challenging the first time, but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what a what a what a value it is in our life, and mm-hmm. how joy joyful it can be. Um, even that day, um, when we turn and, and we sure is. we stop backsliding. You know, in that same verse, uh, you kind of t- touched on another theme that it is, it comes up over and over and over again about the gathering. Yeah, you know, I'll take you one of a city, two of a family, and I'll bring you unto Zion. Mm. Give you pastors. Then verse eighteen: In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I give you for inheritance of your fathers. So there's this idea of gathering and even looking to the future of, uh, I think one of the prophets mentioned it'll be a gathering that'll be even more profound yeah. than than the gathering of, than, than, uh, than Moses taking yeah. the children of Israel through the Red Sea. Right. It's going to be even more amazing uh, when when when, it, when that happens, when the people come from the north countries and yeah. come to Israel and be healed, right? And be healed. That's the that's yeah. the whole point of the the gathering. It says in verse twenty two, "Return ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings." Mm. What a what a cool what a cool visual, you know? That I'm, I'm messing up, and he's going to fix it, and uh, I just need to be willing to let him. Very, well, very cool. And the word backsliding, too, you compare that with President Nelson, is spiritual momentum. Yeah. The one's going forward, President Nelson, and backsliding yeah. is going yeah, just true. the opposite direction. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, to me, that's where I saw the interesting comparison. You know, if they could follow President Nelson's counsel, just yeah. like Jeremiah's yeah. counsel, really, in that way. Repent, get on the covenant path, expect miracles. Yeah. Uh, you know, isn't it interesting? You, you read these things from, from a prophet of old, and you think, man, he's... If if President Nelson were this direct, yeah. you're backsliding. Stop oh, backsliding, right, right. right? If he were that direct to the members of the church, we live in a different time where we do where we would just yeah. all be offended and <laughs> <laughs> maybe not all of us, but but yeah. uh, but isn't it wonderful that they are that they are careful with the counsel they give us? Mm. Um, obviously, there's issues um, if I need joyful daily repentance. In my life, right? Even if even if they're small and minor, yeah. they are issues that I need to to make correction on. And mm-hmm. and because I'm guilty, just like Nephi's brothers, I take that truth to be hard, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, and I don't want to be told that I've got stuff every day that I need to repent of. And yeah. and I think, uh, especially when they're bigger things, that truth is is even harder to hear. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. I love President Nelson's way; he's just so good. Yes. 
Well, Brother Gagnon, uh, let's wrap things up here. Yeah, are there sure. are there other things, anything you'd like to, to leave us with kind of at the end here? And, uh, well, we I, I just one thing. It's kind of on the theme I was talking about earlier. You got 16, 16, um, how, how true this is, where it's this idea of gathering again. And, and I, I, I can just see this happening so much in our day. You look at the places that people are gathering to the Savior. Mm-hmm. And you got some places like Europe and, and, and even the United States where baptismal numbers have, I think, have kind of, you know, we're not baptizing as many as we used to. Sure. And yet other countries, there's just so many. They're coming in by, by the droves mm-hmm. into the church. And I think how interesting that Jeremiah saw that. Behold, I will send forth many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. Of course, in those days using nets. Yeah. You know, and after will I send many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain, from every hill, and out of the holes of the rocks. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the difference between hunting and fishing, right? I mean, yeah. fishing with nets, you're going to bring in dozens, hundreds, yeah. thousands of yeah. fish. Well, interesting, yeah. interesting yeah. the way you go about fishing, too. You put your line out ah. there, and things come, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to hunting, which is, I'm going to find you. Right. And then I'm going to, uh, it's very specific to an animal, right? To a, mm-hmm. that that guy mm-hmm. I need to go get versus right. I'm going to put this out in the lake and hope something comes right. um, that draws things. It's an interesting analogy. I think it's cool. Yeah, it is. And it certainly is happening in our day. And, mm-hmm. and it just parallels the theme of what we've been asked to do by President Nelson, to gather on both sides of the veil. And yeah. there's, there's people on the other side that need our efforts to be a savior on Mount Zion in their behalf. And there's people on this side of the veil that need the savior. And uh, we're invited by a prophet of God today, just as they were then, to uh, get our lives in order, get on the covenant path, do all those things with spiritual momentum so that we can help gather everybody in preparation for this great coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that, the, that Jeremiah refers to over and over again and testifies of. I'm just so grateful for Jeremiah and I with him and along with you, man. I'm sure I've, uh, I, I testify that the Savior is real, that he is gathering his children. I have been gathered very personally. Mm-hmm. I could, we could spend another 45 minutes sure, in a podcast right, yeah. just talking about how we've each individually have been gathered and continue to be gathered. It doesn't yeah. end for the Lord. Yeah. And he's continuing to gather us to him. And I'm so grateful for him. And I bear witness that he lives and he is the great gatherer and invites us to join him in this great work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. What a beautiful uh, testimony you've borne. Um, I love the way we walked through this today and focused on the Savior. Um, I might just point us to one thing in chapter 17. And, and maybe we're a little ahead of the game to get into chapter 17. But uh, it says, Blessed is the man, this is verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope mm. the Lord is. Oh, so good. What, what an interesting statement, whose hope the Lord is. Um, that uh, the, the Lord might be looking at me as a as a thing that could help in the work. For mm. he shall be as a tree planted by the water, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Mm-hmm. Because I am next to that river of uh, flowing water, constantly uh, feeding me, uh, that is the Savior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that trusteth in the Lord. I'm just grateful for that. And uh, love Jeremiah. I love the, the contemporary 
uh, to Lehigh at, at ESC, a very similar kind of counsel and instruction given to Lehigh's family, but here to the whole group. Um, and I just love love have being with you today. It's been fun to, to been talk good. through this. Yeah, so it's been awesome. Thank you for all that you brought. You bet. Thank <laughs> you, Matt. We'll Appreciate talk to you soon. Very much. Yep.